God through Jesus Christ, the great friendship that we have with God through Jesus Christ. And I want to remind us today that he will never leave us, he will never forsake us. And sometimes we might falter, we might fail, we might sin, we might fall down, but he's there to pick us back up, isn't he? That's what grace is for. And I thank God for his forgiveness. I thank God for his grace when I need his grace. And I ask the Lord, forgive me, help me. He picks me back up and his mercies are indeed new every single morning. Isn't it a beautiful thing to be a child of God? And to walk with him and to develop that deep relationship with the Lord. And that's, that's really where I'm going to get today towards the ending. We're going to take Holy Communion together this morning at the end of the sermon. And that's really the theme of the message today is that relationship with Jesus Christ. I wanted to make a, an announcement here this morning before I preach. Um, Donnie, is, I don't think he's here I think he's coming at 11 o'clock, but I wanted to thank him and the VFW. They sent a check the other day, surprised us with a $500 check for the Tuesday's table. So isn't that great? So praise the Lord for that. And um, uh, just a reminder, if you'd like to help with that ministry, you can donate each month or, or so and put some, some funds towards that so we can continue. Um, our church does that once a month now. And uh, anywhere from 175 up of people who receive a meal that week when, when we do it. So uh, thank you. There are many who are already giving uh, regularly to help the cost of that. And Ms. Vernell is working diligently to stretch those funds. I'm going to preach about uh, here in a little bit the, the little lad with the lunch and Jesus multiply it. Well, Vernell does that too with the funds <laughs> to feed. So she does a great job. She's a bargain hunter. So uh, thank you for your help with that project, and thank God we can be part of that, amen? Thank the Lord for that. We're going to be in John chapter 6 here in just a moment, if you want to, to go there and kind of put your finger and hold. We'll get there in just a little while. I want to preach a sermon this morning, I am and I am. And when I sent that sermon slide down uh, to Amy earlier this week, I walked downstairs and I said, that's not a typographical error. I didn't mess up there. I intended to use a little A and a big A. I want, throughout this series, really, we're gonna talk about who I am, who you are, the little A, I am. But then we're gonna talk about who he is, the big A, the great I am. Aren't you glad the great I am has invaded humanity and made a difference. But more importantly than that, aren't you glad that the great I am has invaded your personal life and has made all the difference? So we're gonna look at the seven statements of Jesus throughout this series in the Gospel of John. Let me ask you to consider reading the Gospel of John as we go through these next seven weeks. Uh, you will find the statements scattered throughout the Gospel, but it's just a powerful gospel account. And uh, let me just encourage us as a church body, take some time throughout these next weeks and read the gospel of John. I start with a question this morning as I looked at this title, I am and I am. And I thought about myself for a few moments and I thought, who am I? Who am I? And I thought, well, I could give some defining characteristics to try to describe who I am. 
I could say to you, I'm a son. And then later, I became a husband, right? And then a little later than that, I became a, a father. Now I'm a pastor. Those are some defining characteristics of who I am. You could go through a list of your defining characteristics of who you are. I could give me, I could give you my resume and I could tell you who I am by what I have done, where I have worked. Now, Pastor Allison is probably coming to the 11 o'clock service. Had I known that, I might would have gone ahead and given you my resume, but I was afraid he would accuse me of not being able to keep a job. So uh, I thought, you know, I better not give my resume. He'll say, you can't keep a job, buddy. (laughs) Someone could examine my character. They could look at my character and, and they could look at my good qualities and they could look at my bad qualities and they could define by that who I am. Who am I? I could tell you who I am apart, away from Christ, without Christ. Let me tell you who I am or who I would be if I did not have Christ in my life. I would be a sinner. I would be lost and undone. I would be incomplete. I would be lacking. I would be unfulfilled. Without Christ in my life, I would have no hope in this world, and I would have no hope in the world to come. But let me tell you who I am in Christ. Let me, let me share my identity, if I could use that term, identity, who I am in Christ. Because of my relationship with Christ, I am forgiven. Because of my relationship with Christ, my sins are covered. Now that's something to rejoice about on a dreary, rainy February, are we still in February? February morning. (laughs) My sins are forgiven, that's who I am. Who am I in Christ? I am a man who has a heart that is filled with joy for the journey because I know Christ. I am a man who has a mind that has peace that passes all understanding because I have a relationship with Christ. Because of Christ, my life has meaning and my life has purpose. And we need so desperately in these days for the world around us, our friends and neighbors and coworkers and family to know that there can be meaning and purpose in our lives because of Christ. Simply put, because of Christ, I have a reason to live. In these days right now that can seem dark and depressing and and it's been really tough on a lot of people, I wanna remind all of us because of Christ, we have a reason to live. Now I'm feeling pretty good at a nine o'clock here this morning. That rain didn't pull me down, how about you? (laughs) So today we start this new sermon series. Today we look at us as the little A, the I am, and we look at him as the big A, the great I am, the great I am Jesus Christ who invaded humanity and made all the difference. I really feel like today's sermon and I really feel like that the series could be summed up very well with that classic hymn that says, I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong, and I'll be satisfied as long as I walk. Let me walk close to thee. 
If you're feeling a little unsatisfied in your life, let me encourage you to engage more in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Is that all right this morning? That's where our true satisfaction originates. But as we walk through this life, as we live this life, sometimes we feel like we're going in circles. Going in circles. You ever feel like you're going in circles? Maybe you're moving, but you don't feel like you're really going anywhere. Maybe you feel like sometimes you're making progress and then it's just a U-turn and we're just sometimes we feel like we're going in circles. When I thought about going in circles, I thought about those teacups at Dollywood. Anybody ever ridden the teacups at Dollywood? And you get in and it goes in circles. And if that's not bad enough, you can spin the wheel and you can make your own circles within the circles. I'm getting too old for that kind of thing. The last time I got off of that, it's supposed to be a little simple ride. I know you're probably laughing at me. It's not like it's a big roller coaster or, or a big drop ride. But last time I got off of one of those, my head was spinning and I just didn't feel the very best. I'll tell you that. But sometimes our life can feel like we are just going in circles and spinning around. And these days, these times in which we have lived, it's been tough. There have been tough days. There have been tough months. I coined a little phrase this past week that I, I wrote in my notes here. I called it pandemic pandemonium. Hasn't it felt like some pandemic pandemonium, almost a year now that we have dealt with this, and it has affected every aspect of life in some way, shape, or form. And we find ourselves possibly, possibly getting closer to the ending of this pandemic. I, I don't know how much longer or what, what the future holds, but we, we're not where we were last March, we're certainly not back to normal life. We're somewhere over here in the middle, not where we were, not where we hope that we're going. And it can seem at times that we're going in circles. It can seem at times as, as things loosen up and then all of a sudden the, the spike will come and we have to tighten back up. You know what I'm talking And we're going in circles. I'm reminded of the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness. And it's talked about here in chapter six of of John. You'll see it when you read it. But they were in the wilderness, and, and I alluded to them last week as well, didn't I? Remember, we talked about the generation that was in Exodus in uh, uh, slavery, and they came out, and then the generation that was in the wilderness, and then the generation that went into the promised land. Well, that generation that was in the wilderness, if you look at the map of the 40 years that they spent in the wilderness, it almost looks like they were going in a circle. They were going in a circle, and, and, but during that time, God provided for them. And I believe you and I can say during these times, God has provided for us. Can I get a good amen this morning? God has been faithful to us, amen? God provided for them with something called bread from heaven in some regards. They called it manna. And you say, what in the world is manna? Well, you're right, that's what it is because it, it literally means, what is it? What is it? 
And every day, this manna would appear on the ground and they would have enough for that day. And then on, on the day before the Sabbath, there would be two portions. So they would have one for that day and one for the Sabbath day. And God always provided for them every single day. And I'm reminded of uh, the passage where Jesus talks about us praying for the Lord to give us this, what, day, our daily bread. And he will always provide for us every single day. Sometimes we don't have more than enough, but with God, we always have enough, amen? And this manna, this what is it, was kind of perplexing to them, I'm sure, at first, But many times in our lives, we can look at the provision of God and we might say, what is it? We don't know how he is providing or what he is doing, but his manna will come. God always works in his ways and many times his ways are different than ours. But rest assured, we can have manna. We can have our daily bread. During this time and talking about the, the unique days we're living in, I, I looked it up the other day on the, on the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, and, and they wrote there a little narrative that I thought was interesting. They said, it's natural for us right now to feel stress, anxiety, even grief, worry. All of those things, according to the CDC and according to health professionals, are natural things to, to be feeling And I agree with that from a natural standpoint. Personally, I feel like at times I have probably felt a little bit of all of those. And maybe you can relate to that too, right? And and sometimes I have felt grief because you think about things that we have lost or things that experiences that we would have had. My daughter's senior year basketball, we, we were unable to go but to one game. For senior night, that was it. Things that we have lost. And you grieve some of those things, right? We've had stress and anxiety. But one thing I know, I'm looking at it right there from a natural standpoint, but I know this, that the great I am has not been stopped by the global pandemic. God is still on the throne and God is still working. I know that an economic downturn and high gas prices and all of these things do not stop the great I am. And a country that seems to be in crisis does not stop or limit the great I am. God is still working and God is still working in our lives. Let me tell you this morning what can stop the great I am. And you say, whoa, what, Pat? Wait a minute, Pastor. You're going to tell me something can stop the great I am? Yep. Here's what can stop the great I am. And we see it throughout John chapter 6. If I have unbelief in my life, then that hinders the working of the great I am in my life. So I ask us this morning, what are we believing? What are we searching for? If we put on the screen, we could make a statement, I am searching. As individuals, we are searching. We are looking for something. And it really is someone. In John chapter six, we find people who are trying to believe. There's a whole multitude of of people, hundreds and hundreds of them, really thousands of them. And they're trying to believe. They're trying to believe in Jesus and they're searching They're searching for things. And in fact, there are 5,000 
of them who show up one day. It was really more than that. It was 5,000 men and then the women and children. So it could have been 15,000 people who showed up. But we know it, we call it the feeding of the 5,000 because they counted the men. They show up one day looking for Jesus. Jesus is teaching to them. And this showed me something this week that uh, Jesus had a sense of humor. You say, what? Jesus had a sense of humor. Yeah, he did. That all this multitude shows up. And if you read there in, in John chapter six, Jesus looks at Philip and he says, where are we gonna go to buy food for all these people? And I thought, man, Jesus was pulling his chain. And when you read on, the Bible says that Jesus said this because he was testing Philip. I think there was a little bit of sense of humor going on right there, I'd like to believe, because it's like, you know, Philip probably is thinking, have you checked the balance on the debit card lately? We cannot feed 5,000 plus the women and children. We can't do it. And you're looking at me and saying, where are we gonna go to buy the food? But Jesus did this because he knew that he himself was the bread of life. I am the bread of life. He said this, but he knew that he himself was going to feed the 5,000. And you know the story. Jesus tells them to sit down. They found a little lad who had some loaves and fishes. And then Jesus performs a miracle of feeding the 5,000. Jesus is a multiplier. And Jesus is a miracle worker. Today, the topic is, I am the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. And, and as I studied this throughout the week, I just, two things that I wanna remind us of right here and right now. Don't ever forget that Jesus is a multiplier. He can take what I have, he can take what you have, and he can multiply it. He can stretch it much further than we could ever imagine. Don't ever forget that he is a multiplier. He can take the little bit of peace. Let me look on the inside here. The little bit of peace we might have and we can say, God, I need multiplied peace and he can multiply it. He is a multiplier. We say, I have a little bit that I can offer you just like the little lad, a little bit that I can give, a little bit that I can do. Go ahead and give it, go ahead and do it. He's a multiplier. Little as much when God is in it. Don't ever forget that our bread of life, Jesus Christ, is a multiplier. And don't ever forget he is a miracle worker. I know we think things through and we, we try to plan and we try to problem solve. I know I do. And I make my list and I make my budgets and I make my plans and I try to not knock the stand over. And I try to do anything I can do. <laughs> but I should never forget and I should never discount that God, Jesus Christ, he is a miracle worker. And when you're faced with a challenge, remember he's a miracle worker. When you're faced with an opportunity, remember he is a miracle worker. He's a multiplier. He's a miracle worker. We should never discount the supernatural touch of God. God can do much more than you and I can ever think or try to do. So he feeds the 5,000 and we're talking about these searching people. This is really where I'm trying to get this morning. They, he feeds them. The disciples go out on the sea. They're heading over to Capernaum. Later in the night, Jesus walks on the water, meets up with them. That's a, that could be a whole other sermon in itself. 
They go to Capernaum. This crowd finds them. These seekers, these people who are searching, they find him. Maybe they were going in circles because of the cares of life. Maybe they were looking for the answers to the problems of life. They were trying to believe, but they were getting focused on the wrong things. And I know I have spent the first part of this sermon preaching about God meeting our needs. And that is important. It's important to me. It's important to God. It's important to you. It's important to God, right? Amen. We want God to meet our needs. We trust him to meet our needs. We rejoice in all of that. But these folks, a lot of them were falling short of a deeper meaning. And that's where I said next in my slides, I said, I am deeper. Now I'm talking about him, the great I am. God wants to bring us as seekers, if I could say it that way, if I could put us into that crowd today that we're trying to find Jesus. He wants to bring us beyond the loaves and the fishes. He wants to bring us beyond the physical things of life, the natural needs and all of that that we depend upon him and that we search for and we look for. But he wants to bring us into a deeper relationship with himself. Is that all right this morning? He wants to take us deeper. He wants to take our thoughts and our focus off of the loaves and the fishes so much and put them on to him as our friend They sang my message this morning. What a friend we have in Jesus. God wants to have a significant relationship with us. Beyond the natural, beyond the superficial, beyond the fleshly needs and wants and desires that we have. Oh yes, he wants to be a miracle worker and a multiplier for all those things, but there's a deeper depth that can be in our relationship with God Knowing him as our friend. Knowing that sweet communion with God. That is what life is all about. That is our fulfillment. That is our joy. Would you read with me to John chapter six, verse 26? You say, Pastor Greg, I was wondering when you were gonna get to the scripture. 26, Jesus answered them and said, most assuredly, I say to you, You seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Now, he's he's giving them a good dose of medicine right here. He said, you're seeking me because I fed you. Do not labor for the food which perishes. See that? But for the food which endures to everlasting life. He's taking them deeper. Which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? There were some true seekers in the group. There were some true ones that really wanted to go deeper. Now, when you read on in this passage, you, you will see that many left him after this teaching. There's, there's different times when Jesus teaches hard truths deeper truths, more significant truths, where people leave. They say, no more, they walk away. But there were sincere ones that said, what is it that we can do to believe in him who has sent? And then look at verse 29, Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe 
in him who he sent. Believe, believe, believe. I want us to grab that little word this morning. Believe in Jesus. And the the word, when you translate it out, it means believe, but it means continue to believe. It doesn't mean that I just believe at some point and at some time in life and I say, yeah, I believe Jesus. I believe Jesus, the son of God. But the, the, the translation of that word believe, when you take it to the original language, is believe and continue, keep on believing. Believe in him whom he sent. Look at verse 30. Therefore they said to him, what sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate manna in the desert as it is written. He gave bread from heaven for them to eat. Here we see most of them not getting it at this point, right? He's saying believe, believe. Start the relationship with me. Some of them respond and say, well, what sign are you gonna do? What are you gonna do to show us who you are? And then they reference that Moses gave us manna, gave our forefathers manna in the wilderness. You see, some of them were just wanting Jesus for a meal ticket. They were thinking back, you fed them in the wilderness all those years. You just now fed the multitude of 5,000. So let us just kind of follow you around and you be our meal ticket. You take care of us. But, but the believing in God and a deeper relationship is not following Jesus for the loaves and the fishes all the time. Amen? It's following him for the love of who he is and who he can be in our lives. And Jesus corrects them and he said, listen, Moses didn't feed them. My father fed them. But I have something deeper for you. Somebody say deeper, deeper. Believe, somebody say believe, believe. Let's look at verse 40, jump down to verse 40. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the son of God and believes in him may have ever lasting life and I will raise him up at the last day. I love this little theme that also gets woven into the passage and it's this, not only does he give us sustainment in this life, but he is the resurrection and the life and he gives us eternal life. That, that really ties to so many things in this passage because he's saying to them, hey, believe me at a deeper level, but also put this natural world into perspective. We are only here for a short moment of time, but I have come to give you everlasting life. What a beautiful thought this morning. As we live through this life, may we never forget this is not our home. This is not our final destination. And because we believe in him, we have everlasting life. Does anybody have everlasting life this morning? That should make all of us rejoice even on a dreary, rainy February Sunday, amen? I have everlasting life. Put it into perspective. Some of the old songwriters used to write about heaven all of the time, didn't they? Pick up a hymn book and and flip through it. Look at all the old songs and they, they wrote about heaven constantly, constantly, constantly. Why? Because they knew this world was not all there is to it. 
And they were looking forward to that everlasting life with Jesus. So that brings us this morning to Holy Communion. If the musicians will get in place, they're gonna sing for us. And if our communion team will get in place, they're going to serve the elements to us this morning. It is all summed up in this little statement that Jesus makes in chapter six where he says, I am the bread of life. He's the one who fulfills us and he's the one who sustains us. And so our action item this morning as we take communion together is I want us to focus, focus on our relationship with Christ. I believe it's been the theme of the service today, the, the songs and what Pastor Daryl said and now the sermon. Let us focus again on our relationship with Jesus Christ. So I'm gonna let them play a little bit here. Let me say this, that we serve what we would call an open communion, meaning that if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then we invite you to take communion with us this morning. The Apostle Paul tells us that we are to examine our hearts and, and to make certain that things are right with us and God before we participate in Holy Communion. In fact, he gives us even a warning that says, don't take of the cup, don't participate in an unworthy fashion. So this morning, I urge you before we take communion, we're gonna pray and I urge you to search your heart and make sure that everything's right with you and the Lord. Is that okay today? Make sure that that relationship, make sure our sins are under the blood. If there are sins in your life, our lives, then confess those to him and ask him to forgive us. He's faithful and just to forgive our sins, as it said in 1 John. So I'm gonna let them play softly. And gentlemen, go ahead and give the elements. When you get the elements, if you would, just, just hold on to it uh, for a moment. And I'm gonna read a passage of scripture. We're gonna pray and receive this together.